0: Good morning everyone, Good morning. welcome to you all, to those here in the sanctuary and to those who are joining us online. If I have not had the opportunity to do so, I wish you a very happy and a peaceful new year. Let us worship God, we sing the hymn 132, hymn 132, immortal, invisible, God only wise. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Let us pray. Almighty God, as we embark on a new year, we praise you for all that you have done for us and for the world. We thank you for your creative acts and for your mighty deeds throughout history. Most of all, we thank you for the wonderful gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and Saviour. Lord God, we praise you, the one who is immortal and invisible, and we thank you that unworthy though we are, you satisfy our desires with good things, and you crown us with love and compassion. Gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love, we are unworthy of your goodness to us. Like errant sheep, we wander from the path you have set before us. In our folly, we reject your guidance. And foolishly, we fail to truly trust you despite all that you have done for us. Lord God, you do not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Forgive us and help us to make amends for your name's sake. Gracious God, source of all life and the one who is ever faithful and ever sure at this time of new beginnings. Help us to turn again to you. Equip us for all that the days shall bring and reassure us with your promise that in every circumstance you will be with us. These things we humbly ask in Jesus' name and as the one people we say the prayer he taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Just a few notices to bring to your attention from tomorrow for a few months. The parish halls will be open on a Monday afternoon from two until four. Tea, coffee and biscuits will be available. Please let others know about this. All will be welcome for a time of fellowship in a warm environment. There'll be an all-age friendship lunch in Park Church Hall this coming Wednesday, beginning at 12. Again, all welcome. Tickets for the Tuesday group Burns Supper on the 24th of this month are available and can be purchased in the McMichael Chapel today and on the next two Sundays. And tickets can also be purchased at the soup and sandwich lunch in our own hall, this coming Saturday from 12 to 1.30. Again, it would be good to see you at the lunch if you're available to come along and perhaps maybe an idea to bring a friend. All will be welcome. Of course, there's a lot of things about food. <laughs> We've just come through the festive season and here we are thinking about lunches and the barn supper. And I've got to admit, I'm feeling the robes just a wee bitty tighter today, (laughs) but we'll soon sort that out. We will shortly read the account of Jesus' baptism in the River Jordan. It was a momentous event for Jesus and marked the beginning of his great ministry. As he emerged from the water, we are told that Jesus heard God speak to him. And these are the words that God said, You are my own dear son. I love you greatly. As I thought about Jesus' baptism, I reflected on what baptism means. Many of us would have been baptised as infants and therefore will have no recollection of the event itself. But we may recall the day when publicly we professed our faith and in effect endorsed the vows made by our parents or others on our behalf. There is a sense in which baptism is a very personal thing. It is a public acknowledgement that the person being baptized, be it an infant or an adult, is loved by God. And that is not something to be taken lightly. It is something quite wonderful. No matter how many boys or girls or men or women there are in the world, each one is unique and loved by God. And that is acknowledged when a baptism takes place. The words quoted in Isaiah come to mind. I have called you by your name. You are mine. But there's something else we can say about baptism. Each of us belongs to a family, but in baptism we become members of another family, the family of God. And we are counted as one of his children and that too is something quite wonderful through baptism we become sons and daughters brothers and sisters as such we are to look out for one another and we are to support one another in our journey of faith There is so much that one could say about baptism, but there's just one thing more I would like to say at this point. As people who are baptized, we are called to live out our faith in our daily lives. That means we are to live each day in accordance with the teaching of Jesus that of course is not always easy to do but the good news is that the same spirit that came upon Jesus at his baptism is with us to help us be God's people working together as one to help His kingdom come. Thanks be to God. We're going to sing the hymn 636 to the tune Banesan, baptized in water, sealed by the Spirit. We turn to the Word of God, the first lesson today from Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, page 176 in the Pew Bible. Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, hear God's Word. If, then, our common life in Christ yields anything to stir the heart, any consolation of love, any participation in the Spirit, any warmth of affection or compassion, fill up my cup of happiness by thinking and feeling alike, with the same love for one another and a common attitude of mind. Leave no room for selfish ambition and vanity, but humbly reckon others better than yourselves. Look to each other's interests and not merely to your own. Take to heart among yourselves what you find in Christ Jesus. He was in the form of God, yet he laid no claim to equality with God, but made himself nothing, assuming the form of a slave. Bearing the human likeness, sharing the human lot, he humbled himself and was obedient, even to the point of death, death on a cross. Therefore, God raised him to the heights and bestowed on him the name above all names, That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and in the depths, and every tongue acclaim Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the New Testament lesson comes to us from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 3. Matthew 3 beginning at verse 13, page 2, in the New Testament section of the Pew Bible. Now, as we're thinking about baptism today, I thought I would read from the Bible that I was given when I was baptized. The print is very small, or is that an age thing? I was actually looking for my baptismal certificate, and I know it's in the manse somewhere, but I've been through the whole manse and I can't quite find it, and it's quite distinct because when our dog was a pup, it got a hold of the baptismal certificate and chewed it round the edges. (laughs) So he made his mark upon it. Here we are now, Matthew chapter 3. This is the authorized version. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John, to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus, answering, said unto him, Suffer it to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him and, lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Amen. And thanks be to God for these readings of his own holy word to his name, with the glory and the praise. Longing for light, we wait in darkness. Hymn 500 And forty three, him five, four, three. What a wonderful hymn that is, and aren't the words so appropriate for these times in which we live? Longing for peace, our world is troubled. Longing for hope, many despair. Let us pray. Spirit of God descending like a dove, We pray for your Church, anointed afresh, and at this time of challenge and change for the Church of Scotland, renew and direct us that, being faithful to you above all, we may truly be your holy people and help your kingdom to come. Lord Jesus, at your baptism, you humbled yourself in preparation for service. Enable us to serve you and to serve one another. May we, your church, gather today, be a place of welcome, acceptance, and belonging. Give to us the strength to live out the gospel in our daily lives, Grant us courage that we might speak out against all that is wrong. And with all those who have a concern for those who are hungry and homeless, let us work for the day when none will go without and all will have cause to give thanks for their daily bread. Gracious God, we pray for those in positions of responsibility in this land and in every land. Give them discernment and humility that setting all personal motives aside, they may work with the resources available to them and seek the good of all people. Spirit of God, rejoicing with those who rejoice and are glad in these days, We also remember the lonely, the sick, the weary, and the sad. As a congregation, we pray for the families of those who have died. Betty Nielsen, Jean Shaw, Robert Ingalls, John McGowan, and Sammy Nielsen. May they know that your hand is upon them and may they experience the comfort you have promised. Gracious God, to your care and protection we commit our families, our friends and ourselves. May the glorious light of your love pierce the darkness of these winter days And may the good news of your coming among us be forever a source of joy, of peace, and of hope. These things we humbly ask in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Bob Ingalls, whose passing I referred to in the prayer was a wonderful elder. He was an outstanding session clerk for over 21 years. He was a conscientious property convener for over 23 years and he represented St. Ninians Old in the Presbytery of Stirling. For 25 years. He was a true man of God who gave willingly in his service. At this time we remember Bob's family in our prayers. Bob's funeral will take place in the church a week on Thursday at 11 o'clock and all will be welcome as we give thanks to God for a good and faithful servant. The comfort for me is to think of Bob and Willmarie being together again. They were a wonderful couple and in death they are not divided. We sing. The hymn 619 and 620, 619 and 620, Spirit of the Living God, Fall Afresh on Me. Occasionally, when you're watching television or reading a a book or a magazine or newspaper, something can grab your attention and make you pause and take note. That happened to me not long before Christmas. I was flicking through a newspaper and there was a photo that stood out. It was of a young man, a young man Who was bald and around him were what turned out to be his classmates, about 20 other pupils and they were bald too. I read the story, the boy was called Mark and he was undergoing treatment for cancer which had caused him to temporarily lose his hair. His classmates wanted to show their support for him. So rather than have him stand out in the school with his bald head, they decided to identify with him and shaved their heads. I was touched by that. How very thoughtful and kind, how loving, and how much it must have meant To young Mark As I reflected on the photo And the story I thought about Christmas And of how at the very first Christmas God Identified with us By coming to us In Jesus Christ One who shared Our flesh and blood One who went on to experience life as it is with all its highs and lows its joys and sorrows and one who in his life and death and resurrection affirmed his love for us in the first hymn of the church that we have a record of the hymn which is quoted by St. Paul in his letter to the church at Philippi we read of this identification, this total commitment and love. Here again is what Paul said. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, to death on a cross. If anything should grab our attention and make us pause and take note it is surely this. In his birth and death, Jesus completely identified with us. Today, the church remembers the baptism of Jesus, another example of him identifying with us. As someone has put it, The ministry of Jesus begins with an act an act of love and a sign a sign of God's compassion. The one who would later command his disciples to baptize all nations is himself baptized even though there was no need for him to be baptized just as there was no need for young Mark's classmates, to shave their heads. But they did. And Jesus did. Jesus is baptised with water and the Holy Spirit. And we are told that as he came out of the water, God spoke to him. You are my son. I love you. With you, I am well pleased. What a crowning moment for Jesus. And the mystery is, it is so for us. And for all who are baptized in Jesus' name. We become inheritors of the promises made in the Old and New Testaments. We share in the reality of life in this world and of life everlasting in the world to come. That's what baptism is about. It's about Jesus identifying with us, but it is also more. It is about Jesus making God's love for us real. It is Jesus affirming our value and worth and calling us into the family of God, the worldwide family of the church. The wonderful thing is that through baptism, we are united with Jesus Christ and we are united with one another as a body. And as a body, we have a calling, a calling to continue the work of Jesus Christ in the world today. This is a time of new beginnings, but it is also a time Of great challenge for the church and for the Church of Scotland in particular. We have reflected on this in the course of the last year and no doubt we will do so this year as well. There are huge changes in the structure of the Church of Scotland with a reduced number of presbyteries covering huge areas. The presbytery of Stirling, for example, ceased to exist on the 1st of January and we have amalgamated with what was the presbytery of Perth and the presbytery of Angus and the presbytery of Dundee and the presbytery of Denkeld and Mekel to form the new Presbytery of Perth. But there's more. Approximately 400 church buildings are scheduled to close within five years. And congregations, many ageing and dwindling, are being urged to work together. Changes within the church, but there are also other changes as well. There are changes out with the church. In the lives of many people in Scotland today, the Bible and the values of the church do not have an important role to play. Many more people are turning to humanist celebrants and others to conduct naming ceremonies for children, marriages and funerals. I was actually quite staggered when I read recently the percentage of people turning to these humanist celebrants. And of course it is the case that a lot of people today regard money and possessions as being more important than God which is of course the opposite of our Lord's teaching. So it really is a time of change a time of challenge but can i put it to you it could also be for the church a time of renewal <coughs> the church and one doesn't want to be critical but too often the church Forget its core reason for existing. And what is the core reason? It is to share the good news of God's love and make disciples. For too long now, we have focused on ourselves. Unlimited resources, whilst we have been blind to the power of the Holy Spirit and the promise of God to be with us and to equip us for all we have to do. And I fear, I fear that largely we have lost our connection with people. With the people in our parishes and communities. With the result that we are no longer seen to be relevant or thought to have a contribution to make that will enrich people's lives. I don't know whether you agree with these points that I have made, and feel free to let me know if you do, and likewise if you don't, because your opinion counts. And your voice needs to be heard. You see, I think too often the church takes the faithful for granted. We must not. You are the people of God, you are the church. My friends, I think you know by now that I'm not a person who gets down too readily or easily. And I have to say that, yes, I do have concerns about the church and the Church of Scotland and where it is going. But, I can also say with all my heart, all is not lost. The end is not nigh. Yesterday, when I was looking for my baptismal certificate, I went into a box where I keep some personal papers. And I found there an envelope, and it has in it all the letters that my own minister sent to me after I left Campbelltown. And so, you know how it is when you find these things, you tend to stop what you're doing. And I sat down and I just read through them. And in one letter written many years ago, he said, Gary, never ever lose heart for God is faithful and he will not fail you. It was as if they were meant for me at this time and as I read them I could hear his lovely West Highland voice. All is not lost. The end is not nigh. Let's think about this secular society just for a moment. There is not the sense of community there once was. I think you'll agree with that. Values, customs and convictions which gave society stability have been flouted, cast aside by those who think only of themselves. And what is the cost of this? A huge increase in the number of people young and old alike who feel lonely and isolated In this secular society, there are people who search for happiness in material things. But they discover if they find it, the happiness does not last. There are many who have all they need and more, and yet it's evident they're not fulfilled And there are lots of people today who question their value, their purpose, and who question life itself. Following his baptism, Jesus began his ministry. But it wasn't confined to the temple or its precincts. Jesus went to where the people were. And he spoke in a way that they could understand and relate to. He spoke about the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. And he spoke about God and his love. He spoke about a new way of living. And God's kingdom, and many put their faith in Him, and their lives were transformed. As a minister, it's a great privilege to meet so many different people, and on Friday, I had a conversation with a man whose granny's funeral will be here in the church tomorrow and whose father's funeral I will conduct in two weeks' time. Amidst Craig's natural sadness, he said this to me and I wrote it down I know who I rely on for my joy and peace. The Lord Jesus Christ. A time of change, a time of challenge, it certainly is, But let's, in the power of the Holy Spirit, pray with all our hearts that it will also be a time for renewal. Many within society are looking for what we have found, though they do not realize it. Many want to feel accepted and welcome and to belong. That is something that we can provide. And when it comes to the big questions... About sin and forgiveness, and life and death, and life beyond death. Who else can give hope and an answer but Jesus Christ, the source of our joy and peace? And so I say, away with doubt and pessimism. We have a gospel. To proclaim, it is time for us, we who have been baptised in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, to regain our confidence, to reconnect with the people in our communities and to live out our faith that others may come to believe. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, it would be easy to lose heart, but we mustn't. We are your people. Therefore, remind us daily of your wonderful promises and help us to go forward in faith, believing that all will be well through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The closing hymn is hymn Six hundred and eighty-two. Six eighty-two. Go in grace and make disciples. Baptize in God's holy name. Grace and make disciples, and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and dwell within you this day and for evermore.